podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good evening, good evening, welcome to another episode. Yep. Another episode of Carnage on time, working, introduction fine. Have we got the right background, Avi? Because we know we got slaughtered from Gav last time. Everything looks fine, yeah. Be in the right studio fine. and everything. Yeah. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, but yeah, everyone, welcome. Bloody hell, there's uh, over 100 people in here waiting already for us. Um, and I know why you're waiting. It's not for me and Avi, it's for the amazing high quality guests I've got in tonight and um well I call Mo a guest but he's been on here before he knows the drill Mo my man how are we doing very good very good although a little bit worried now that I know that people are rating our background I am literally sitting under my own stairs over here no, that's, you look cozy it looks cozy I, mean, I, I favored connection over background so if people want to know why then that's why yeah, look, this is a wicked introduction. Is that the is that the is that the dude from uh uh TAW? Yeah, that's Mo Stewart, my good friend from the Anfield Rap. Is that the dude? But yeah, um love coming in for Mo as all straight away. Like hello Mo from Bonkers LFC. That's definitely one of your burners, Bonkers LFC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, 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 I'll show you my hands are up here. You definitely make that one up. <laughs> <laughs> and I got Ross, man. Ross, I said it was happening for Redmen TV before someone says, Is that the dude from Redmen TV? <laughs> uh, are we doing power, Ross? Everybody? Yeah, great, mate. Thanks, thank you for having me. Pleasure to be on. Making it's a not, debut. It's not a problem, and it's way too long. We we've we've spoken for ages, but we haven't actually yeah, done yeah. anything together. But um, you know, um save the save the best till last, I always say. So, you know, oh, that's that's the way to go. And of I've, course, I've gone for um I've gone for background and connection, by the way. Just just throwing that out there. Do you know what? Hold on, you've got Messi. Yeah. And then you've got what's what's is that is that a sign Fiorentina. one right behind you? Is that uh, Robbie Fowler? Yes, that's the Fowler one, a Fiorentina mm. one, crown paints. I got sent that by Nike for some strange reason. I've fucking no idea why. As and you then, do, as you do. And then a classic <laughs> and that. Basically, my holiday got cancelled and I've got nothing else to do, so I spent money on doing the office because it's the only place where the magic happens in this house. <laughs> why not? Why not? But, um, but you know what? Do you know what? Our viewers and listeners are probably thinking like there's hidden codes, like that's a hint to a transfer. No, we're not fucking signing Messi. All right. <laughs> Fiorentina, there could be a link and we may come on to it. Exactly. We may come on to it. But yeah, now classic shirts there. Um, I've got to give you a nice introduction, Avi, because like people think once, I'm like once. No, but people think I'm bullying you. Like, uh, like, like a couple of the reviews are leaving. Like, we used to like Grizz. Like, someone actually said we used to like Grizz until we've seen this side to him to Avi. Now, you know, I, I need to stress to people that he is literally, literally my best friend, not in this country. Like, he's the only best friend abroad. Yeah, <laughs> now, the only friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. What's happening? How you looks like you're from the office today, yeah? Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're just working from the office. Um, yeah, it's got, got the shades on because uh, really bright today. It's 34 today, so um, yeah, you always hit us with that. And I've still got a jacket yeah, on man. as well, so that tells you a lot. Uh, is AC on? Like, are you AC's using, on? Yeah, AC's on. The company's about. AC. We, we've paid the bill this month, so yeah, it's uh, starting <laughs> to come on. That's a start. It's a good start. It's a good start. But listen, lads, um, bloody hell, 
lot to get through tonight. I tell you what, lot to get through tonight. Um, obviously, keep your comments and questions coming in. Whatever you want to ask the knowledge lads, lads I've got on the show today. Nobody wants to hear my bollocks. Um, but we, I want to start with, um, I want to start with you, Ross, and I want to talk about the preseason and the footage so far we've got. Now, I don't know about you, but me, it doesn't matter what's happened previously, how the season's ended, whatever dramas happened, if it's been a good season, if it's been a crap season. Come that first training session or the pictures of the first training session and when the first preseason friendly is announced, I get giddy. What have you been like this week with all the pictures and and the and the bike rides? Because that's for me, that's synonymous now with preseason, isn't it? The lads wearing the 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 headgear on the on the on the on the bikes. Some of them looking absolutely terrified, like I would. What's been your highlight so far of the preseason rituals they go through? I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's it's a it's a signal of a fresh start, but also kind of exciting times to come. Now, I'm not a massive England fan. I, I fell out of love with England a few years ago because they just bought the crap out of me. So I, I was invested in the Euros. It was nice to kind of switch off and Mo will be the same and you'll be the same. Of When it's your job, it's nice to kind of switch off and watch football and not be so intense and, and, and behind it and it run you down. So that was quite nice. But then as soon as that finished, I was like, I need, I need my hit of Liverpool stuff. I like, I need it. The bike rides, the mountains, the, <clears throat> you mentioned it before, like centre-backs with working legs, you know, not, not one of them. There's about six of them now. So you just get, that's what I'm getting giddy at. I'm going, I put a tweet out on the Redmond of the day. I'm like, who would you start against Norwich? Because we can have that conversation again. We can have those options. It's not like, like who's who's left, who can walk, who can who can play this week, or what midfielders are we using? I'm getting excited about that stuff. That's what like, what gets me going and seeing Jürgen with, without, with or without glasses always makes me happy. It's absolutely true. Chris makes a good point out. Imagine if you signed for LFC and you couldn't ride a, ride a yeah, bike. They'd give out tricycles then, wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> what are they start doing? Can no, you three imagine, wheelers. Can you well, imagine? That'll, that'll, be the, bike. that'll be the new initiation, surely. Like, yeah. if you can't sing a song, you've got to ride a bike around the park or something. And if you can't absolutely. do that, then you're just not getting signed. <laughs> you're not getting signed. That's a litmus test. Um, <laughs> Mo, what's, what's, what's excited you so far? What's got you really like sort of buzzing or are you buzzing? Oh yeah. I'm, I mean, I was watching international football, but I think the fact that Liverpool were there waiting for us the very next day was a really good thing because it yeah. drew a long line under all of that. And it got us to remember what's really important. And as I enjoyed seeing Kanase out there with the guys and starting to build those bonds. But to be honest, my favourite pictures were all of Klopp. Like, I like the setting of Salzburg. It makes me think of Centre Parks, and I've never been to Centre Parks. <laughs> I'd like to go there. We know what you mean. <laughs> we know I, what you mean. Like, I was worried for him at points last season. I really was. And not just because of the tragedies that he, he went through. There were times when he was picking fights that he doesn't normally pick. And it started to remind me of some of the tendencies that Rafa got to when he started to be in that world too much and the relentlessness of it started to take over. And not just Rafa, you see it with lots of managers. So I'm always concerned about him. I always want, I'm always looking out for his welfare. So seeing him looking so happy to see everybody again, looking so full of joy, so full of energy, so full of drive to go at the season again. I think that's the most important thing we could have seen. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're right. Look, 
We can talk about players and our favourite players or important players and coming back and everything. And yeah, it is. It's all relevant and it's very and it's very true. But the most important man is Jurgen Klopp, and it was sad, <sighs> sad. And you know, I felt yeah, I felt I really felt sorry for him like last season, like with everything else. And Avi, it's exactly spot on what Mo says, like to see him refreshed and you can see it visibly. Like John Cutler says, I don't like Klopp without his specs. I mean, that laser surgery, I think it seems. He's had laser surgery. You reckon? Yeah. I think it does. Yeah. You'd know, you'd know about surgery and everything. Like, you know, do you think he's had a bit of surgery done? I've only had my lips done, Grace. I've only had my lips done. <laughs> Let's soften the tone. Let's soften the tone, mate. Uh, okay. But look, it's, it's amazing to see Klopp all chilled and happy again, right? It is. His gnashes, of, he's worked on his gnashes. I think it must be a Liverpool thing because Rodgers, I remember when he came with crooked teeth um, and he left with his bright new gnashes and a brand new wife as always it seemed when he left Liverpool for Celtic. So Klopp, hopefully, uh, I think it's Sabine Klopp. I think uh, hopefully Klopp is a loyal one to his wife. So, but he looks great. He does look recharged. Um, it does seem as if he's had a bit of a reset. There was pictures while, you know, Twitter's going, the Twitter right, yeah, I call him, are going all mayhem over transfers. He's there on his boat, yacht, in um, Marbella, probably John Henry's yacht, you know, sipping away at the beers, having a cigar to himself, taking don't, a few selfies. Don't, don't mention he's, uh, John Henry's yacht. Um, on a transfer show, fuck's sake. Listen, I'm from America. I've got, I've got to mention John Henry, right? Um, <laughs> but it's great. No, it's it's great to see um, Klopp. Um, seemingly, everyone looks good. Uh, John Achterberg, all these pictures, you know, uh, Linders and Kravitz are there as well. But it looks great. It looks great. And it looks like a beautiful place as well. I think they were there last year as well when they got a yeah. mini break. So, no, it looks... um. It looks great and can't wait for, I think, Saturday. Is it? Is it the following Saturday or this Saturday, the 30-minute games? It's Monday. Monday, okay, yeah, my bad, yeah, Monday. Yeah. Then. Tuesday um, it is. Tuesday. Yeah, same, same thing, Ross. Yeah. Monday, yeah. Tuesday, yeah. Uh, just, to, just to follow on from Mo's point there of, of, of Klopp last season, kind of what he went through, It's I don't think we think about it much, but it must be so hard when, like, how we felt during that season, that mm. period from after Christmas. We all felt like crap. We found it hard to motivate ourselves. Mm. Then he's got players that, you know, whatever job you're in, if you see staff members dropping left, right and centre around you and going, your workload's going to double, we need you to go again. Jacob then, then, then loses you know, his mother. He's at the top then, so not as he's going to motivate himself, he's got to motivate every staff member around him. Again, that, that pressure's incredible. So, you know, fair play. Like, he, he, well, a well-deserved break for him. No, um, absolutely. Sorry, come, come on. I was just going to say, and because of the man he is and the way he goes about things, in times of trouble, people are always going to look to him for guidance, regardless. So even if there were times when he wanted to maybe hang back in the shadows, he's always got to be Jurgen. And I think there is some sympathy for him within the group. There was, they are very much together, and that's one of the things I am confident about. That whenever we've gone through those tough times we've come out the other side stronger and that's always ended up being something that we use to motivate us the next season. So I think that those would be in the conversations as well. Some of the darker times that we went through last year, they'll be thinking about that in Austria and thinking, look, look where we are compared to where we were and look what we can still do. I think you make a very good point guys about the levels of motivation throughout this squad. That's a huge, 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 Important factor, in my opinion. Um, there'll be a lot of, you're right, there's a lot of players in there. Because I was just thinking um, the other night, um, the levels of motivation for certain players throughout the squad must be so high. So, look, 
we we know the obvious one straight away, right? So the likes of Joel Gomez, Virgil van Dijk, Joel Matip must have obviously felt the personal disappointment through missing the majority of the season through injury. And then you've got the disappointment for Joel seeing England at the at the Euros getting to the final, missing out on that. You've got Virgil not being able to captain his national team um, in a tournament. And then you've got the likes of Trent missing out through injury as well. So, and, not, and, and then add to that, they felt helpless in terms of trying to help this man, Jurgen Klopp, who's their father figure, not only a coach, but he's almost like as, as much as his inspirational leader, you look to him. I think, guys, I think there's a lot of motivated players this season, very much like, dare I say it, the, the league winning uh, title season where we went into it really fresh, charged, a lot of these players, we're, we're, we're able to call upon them from the first day of preseason. Like, Avi, I think it was so refreshing to see, like, the quality. I mean, they're all quality in the squad. But you know what I mean? The big hitters there from day one, like Mane, Mo, and the, and the, and the centre-backs that I've mentioned. Positive, right? Good feeling. Yeah, you can tell that the players are seething. You know, they're like wounded animals, and you, you just know that this coming up this upcoming season like with a few tweaks with a few you know transfers um and that's all it needs right now a few tweaks to this squad um and these boys will be raring to go you know i think jordan henderson again will be up for it you got obviously van dyke who's probably missed out a year you know a year in his peak you know considering that he's 29 mm-hmm. coming up to 30 so he's going to have another i think with van dyke is he would have obviously listened to the media and all these you know ruben diaz talks oh ruben diaz yeah. had a fantastic season as good as van dyke you know some people are strange oh, players enough, take note bold oh, enough, players yeah, take note of people this are bold enough to say that you know mane who's had his critics for most yeah. the best parts of the season i think there are players there who've got a big big point to prove you know jota um even though he was injured for like three months he's coming back and he's got a point to prove because you know there was some question marks over his sort of out uh, you know his sort of work that he puts off the ball for portugal so there's players there who are sort of wounded and are rearing to go i think tiago you know, I saw. I thought we saw the best of him in the last sort of eight to ten games. I think sure. he wants to shut up a lot of critics who say he slows down the tempo. He's not a Premiership player. He needs a slower league. So I think there's so many sort of there's so many motivational stories in that squad right now yeah. that from game one from Norwich um, away that these boys will be up for it, absolutely up for it, and rearing to go. I'd add Fabinho and Jordan Henderson to that list. I know you mentioned Thiago there, but yeah. when, he, when he wasn't playing at his best, he was playing a deeper role, which he yeah. wasn't we wasn't brought in for that. Um shameless football, when we spoke to Jurgen Klopp a couple of weeks ago, we saw about Jordan Henderson. He said he hates playing in defence. Like he'll yeah. do it for the team because that, that's what was needed. But you think mm-hmm. about Fabinho and Jordan Henderson, they don't want to play there. That's not the speciality, that's not what they're used for. So for them to turn around and go, <laughs> like we like we do, great, we've got some centre backs now. We don't have to play in that position, we can do our that's that's them going into work, being happy. That that's that extra Absolutely. motivation for them as well. It's it's well, true. Like it's all of yeah. us. Like we go to our jobs or whatever we go or whatever we do. Job satisfaction. We know everyone's doing their bit, and then we can concentrate on our bit type thing. And that mood, you're right, Ross, is spot on. Like everyone will feel comfortable in their surroundings. Everyone will com- feel comfortable. Look, it, it's the most soothing sight in world football, in my opinion, when you see Virgil Van Dijk on your team. Anyway, you know what I mean? And and now we've got, as Ross said earlier, now we've got like loads of them. 
<laughs> We've got loads of centre-backs everywhere. Touch wood, fingers crossed and all that stuff, man. You know, but saying all that, Mo, it doesn't matter how much satisfactions we get out of seeing preseason, all the big boys back, fit and raring to go. As a fan base, we always looking for new toys. This is it. It's part and parcel, right? It doesn't matter how, we, how much we've done in the previous seasons or what we've done. We're still looking for something new, something refreshing. And look, I agree. You always need to refresh your squad. And this summer, you know, I said it from the start, we do really need to add two or three very good players in terms of not just squad players, but players that will compete for the first 11. We started off with a bang. Um, this guy, Ibrahima Kanate, we know he's big. You know, when you read a figure, you know, when you read a stat and you read, ah, oh, six foot three, always oh, a big lad. And then you fucking see him mm. standing next to Nat Phillips, who we thought was a monster. And he's actually bigger than Nat Phillips. Standing next to Klopp. Standing next to Klopp. That's the one I was thinking of, yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen anyone over tower like, like Klopp. What have you made of him so far? Like from obviously from pictures, but his attitude, his whole demeanor. Right, I'm going to sound like an idiot here because I've been on the Konate train since long time. Like when people were going off about Upamecano, I was like, nah, 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 we want that guy. And so I was so pleased when I found out we were buying him. And I think the thing I like about him most is. He has the frame and he knows that that's his natural abilities, that he can always take advantage of it. He's got the pace to make up for any mistakes, mm. but he doesn't rely on that. His main asset is his intelligence. And that's why he's been able to be a leader at every single level he's been at going back through the French youth team and such. So I'm looking forward to seeing how he attacks this season because we've mentioned the quality of centre-backs we've got already. And I think for most people it's going to be Matip and Gomez are going to be the first choices in that battle to partner Virgil. But Kanata is not coming there to, to let everybody just sit behind him. He's going out there to prove that he can play when called upon. He's not going to be stepping on people's toes. He's just going to let everybody know that should he be needed to be called upon, he'll be ready. And we were talking about motivation before. This is the bit I'm really looking forward to. This is the bit that kind of goes under the radar in this Liverpool squad. The internal competition. Yes, sir. Them all. The steel sharpening steel. I mean, we talk about the, the, the goals battle between Salah and Mane. We talk about the assist battle between the fullbacks. But that battle between Joel Matip and, and Joe Gomez, that's been going on for time. That's like into its third season now. It's like longer than a lot of game shows. So I think... <laughs> <laughs> I think seeing those two both thinking, right, this is my chance. I'm going to step in. This is We've had our injury battles. We're now fully fit. We're having to go. I'm going to stake my claim for it. I think that battle is going to be fantastic. And then you look at the midfield and you think kind of the same thing. Like all of the midfielders, you could say, are going into the season with a point to prove. However, you are right. Evolution is always necessary. We cannot escape the fact that the ages of these guys are all going up together. Yes. And sometimes you can overreact to certain things. Sometimes players will surprise you. You get rid of someone too soon and they can still do a job for you. Hello, Luis Suarez. But I think 
to be, you don't want to be in a situation where you're having to replace seven players at once. That's always the fear. So we always have to have people within our range in terms of at any given moment, at any given transfer window, we go, okay, we need to buy a central midfielder. Who's our top four choices? And we've got those top four choices. The problem is we're not going to move on those top four choices. We're not going to be proactive because no one's being proactive right now. And I mean, this is the second COVID-affected transfer summer. And some clubs are starting to flex a little bit more and others are still kind of keeping their powder dry and waiting. But everybody's margin of error has been squeezed. Yeah. Which means that everybody's going to be trying to squeeze every last half a million euro out of every deal. And that normally means waiting. And unfortunately, Liverpool are better and more confident poker players than I am, which means that they're going to wait. <laughs> Absolutely. It's- Can I... Can I interrupt, yeah. Grizz? Sorry, because you do waffle on, Grizz. Let me, <laughs> let me take my little piece. I've got a question for um, Mo, actually. Mo, so do you actually see um, Gomez and Matt? I've got two questions. So um, if Russ wants to take the other one. My first question is, do you see sort of Kanati sort of understudy to Matip and Gomez at the beginning and then sort of transitioning as the months go on? Or And the second question was, do you see Klopp maybe resting? I know it's a sort of big hot take here, but mm. do you see him sort of resting Van Dyke for the lesser games? Just to give him a little breather as well, because the intensity that he plays, not he that he plays at as such, but because of his body frame, because of the ACL, could we see sort of like a Canate Gomez, a Canate Matip maybe um, as the season wears on? I definitely think you can't rule it out. And I think a lot of that is going to come down to how he does and how he does settle in. I think he's going to have the opportunity to do that for sure. I think the idea of buying him was obviously that he was going to be someone who grew into the team and eventually became a linchpin, <clears throat> excuse me, but would have the quality and, as I mentioned before, the intelligence and the confidence if required to go and do it. But he has still just only started his career. I think he's only just got over 100 senior appearances. So... You do have to think that he is still at the stage where he's soaking things up, he's learning, he's taking that on. But I mean, who better to learn from yeah. <laughs> than, the, than the squad of centre backs that we've got in the team at the moment? As as for Joel and Joe, it's a strange one because I think both of them know their roles better when Virgil's alongside them. But the idea that they can't play without him. I think it's gone now. I think we've seen over the last season, both of them can step up and lead the defence when needed. So again, I think it just gives us more options. I think in a strange way, Klopp's not really going to enjoy having to make the decision, having to disappoint yeah. one of those guys. You can tell he doesn't enjoy making that. You can no, certain, no. certain managers no. thrive on making those kind of decisions. You well, can tell I mean, Klopp's different. Like these, oh, I'm going to have to drop one of some, these. Some guys think about it from the perspective of, this battle is getting me better players. So they're all about the end result. Whereas Klopp is a human man. He understands the disappointment of the guy sitting on the bench. But I do think it's something that we are going to profit from. In terms of rotation, it, it might also depend on Allison's fitness because I think what we saw last season was the reason we didn't see as much as Simicas, for example, as we might have, is because yeah. everyone else was being rotated yeah. because of injury. So if there is solidity around you, then that allows you to rotate and it Absolutely. might be one helps the other. 
Do you know what, Ross? I was gonna I was gonna put you in the spot because because Mo's politically um like sort of gone round the question. I want to put you on the spot, right? Okay. And say who needs who would be your first and if everyone's fit, obviously we, we make the criteria that everyone is fully fit against Norwich on that first day. Who do you want and who do you think Klopp will choose as a, as a, as, a, as an opening centre backs? If fully fit, I'd go. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Van Dijk and Gomez, but there's a massive risk there in terms of how they come back and what their fitness and their mental state as well. You know, it's Absolutely. a big risk putting them in, whether they're going to go into challenges. That's totally acceptable for what they do. Matip, as Klopp said the other day, is closest to full fitness and coming back, which unfortunately for him means he's also closest to getting injured again. Excuse <coughs> <laughs> me, because that's the way it is. Uh, but he, he needs to be managed. So I think the past few seasons, he's played 12 games, 13 games, 15 games. He's almost becoming an Adam Lallana of like a kind of a luxury centre-back of use him when you can. You can't pick and choose when them games are. But the choice of having Phillips, um, Van Dijk, Gomez and Matic there, um, and, yeah, and Gomez, sorry, means that you don't have to use him week in, week out. Um, Canate, 22, an, an understudy, needs to learn the system. We've seen with Ben Davis and, you know, okay, he's not played at all, but Fabinho, Robertson, Chamberlain, you can so go into examples. the squad. Yeah, you know, fans, we get excited straight into the teams. Big unit, lad, as we said. Excites us all, but realistically, will he do that? Klopp's got to juggle these players and he's got to manage them. So I don't think he will start with Van Dijk and Gomez, but that's that's what I do because two lads, long-term injuries, if something happens, then all of a sudden you're in the middle of the season, you're in August, and then you're down to four, three centre-backs who you don't really want. So I think we'll keep hold of the likes of Phillips for as long as possible and assess those lads. So to answer yeah. your question, Van, Van Dijk and Gomez will be my choice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Matip. But we know, I don't think anyone's not. It's just the most frustrating player on a par with Naby, would we say, lads? In terms of in terms of just not being available enough, man. I think he's had longer stretches. Sorry, Mo, he's had longer stretches before. And yeah. Kate has come in, we watched him for a year, yeah. thought he was our player. He wasn't. And then he, he hasn't yeah. delivered on that. Mm. Yeah. And I think for me, there's a difference because... When Matip gets injured, it's almost like you can see why. Like, he normally gets injured in action on the pitch. Like, he's either chasing back someone and, and, a, and a muscle will go, or he's overstretching, or he gets kicked in the foot. Or he, what was the one against Napoli where someone elbowed him after the final whistle? But with Cater, a lot of the time, is we don't see him, and then we hear he's got an injury. And it's just like... I know it shouldn't make a difference, but it really does. It does. It's it like, seems to be, it's like, what is he doing out there? Like, no, it, seem, but it seems to be the same sort of issue, like muscular. And like, you know, I think we've mentioned it many times before. Like we've brought a doctor in from like Dortmund, Andrea Schlumberger, to specifically work on him for the last five months, just to concentrate on Naby and getting him right in the right framework. He comes back and he sort of, then we're hearing he's got fitness concerns and fitness issues. It It does need to be sort of put to bed. So, I think like he's one of the players that this summer like, and I'm a big Nabi fan. I was when he was at Leipzig. Like you either 
accept a reasonable offer, reasonable right now being 25, 30. And I know the outlay of him originally was 54.5. And they're all like hoping that he actually is fit and he gets games. He's one of those frustrating characters because he's actually a good, good player. He's actually a good player, but you just feel that the physicality of the premiership and maybe training methods that Klopp may have to alter in the coming season with Pacific players that he just can't, you know, measure up or he just keeps breaking down. So it's a massive, massive um, season upcoming for Naby. And maybe he needs to make the decision as well. Look, I might not break into that midfield three and I might not be ready to get into that midfield three because of my, you know, physical, for the injuries that I'm getting. So maybe a move back to Germany, maybe or Italy, where it's a little bit slower, where things can be sort of like altered and stuff just to cater to his needs. I was going to say just a quick question, uh, a yes, no answers, preferably, please, um, on Naby. Ross, we get a bid of 35 million plus. Are you selling or are you keeping? Fucking hell. Um, currently, I'm keeping, but if we get someone else in, because we need somebody to gene replacement, I'd, I'd sell him. I know you said yes, no answer, but just to defend that. Uh, it's always slightly. context. I know, pal. I'm yeah, the king of context. Yeah. <laughs> just, to defend, just, just to defend him slightly, he had those injuries. And he went away with Guinea and they played him yeah. and they shouldn't have played him. Yeah. Liverpool brought him back. Twice, and I, twice. I, I think, yeah, twice. And I think, and I hope Liverpool last season, as desperate as we were, managed him ourselves and just said, we'll keep you. So, and I also think there's frustration with Naby because we were so run down last season. That's when we need him. Same with Matip. Grizz, you're probably pissed off with Matip and frustrated with him because it was more obvious that we needed him. Whereas before he's been injured and he got, exactly we've, got Gomez, we've, we've, we've got whatever. And exactly then, that. You know, funny enough, Phillips saying it's a, the best thing ever yeah. since sliced bread. So, so it was fine. So your frustrations are there because you go, uh, and my biggest frustration with Liverpool last season, I know, again, context is important, but it's been an issue for a couple of seasons for me, is looking at the bench and going, well, you've got Shaqiri there, you've got Chamberlain there, you've got Origi there, but you're not using them, not making a difference. It was only really when we got Jota before he got injured in a meaningless game where he didn't have to play, which I've let go. Um, you know, yeah. where you turn around and yeah. go, well, those those games that are close where it's 1-1, you need a last-minute winner, where you don't need your goalkeeper to score a winner for you, what's on the bench at Liverpool and that's the difference between us possibly Chelsea I think next season and obviously Man City Mo no, yes no answer with context okay so what are we saying 35 35 million offer nah 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 I'm keeping him I'm keeping, keeping him, him. 40, 45 we might talk <laughs> but no I, I I'm I'm agree with Ross I think that there's enough in there to make me think that Okay. This season could be different. We there have we have devoted a lot of time and effort into him, whether being um, like Avi was saying about the extra trainers, or even just kind of scheduling him into tailoring to certain situations. But he is still a young man, and the question comes for Liverpool if we are really struggling to sell others because the one thing that maintains his value potentially is that age, is the fact that whoever's buying him might well have some sell-on value in him as well. So if it, if we are selling him, that means that we're struggling to get what we want for other people, which could be, you know, a double whammy. But mm. if you ask me, I'm not ready to cash in on him yet. Avi? Begrudgingly, after just berating Nabi, I would actually keep it. But I want to put, ask you the question now, big man, because you're on because uh, you're the host. I want to ask Chris the question here. Um, you get somehow Edwards has found sixty million pounds 
and he's going to give Dortmund 60 million plus Naby. Would you do the deal for Jude Bellingham? I don't think, uh, I don't think, I don't, I don't think, I don't think, yeah, exactly. Mo's reaction says it all, but I'm way past Mo's reaction already. I don't even think about it. Like, I don't even need context. I don't want to waste. I want to move on. Like, Jude Bellingham is the future. And I genuinely think he's going to be the future of Liverpool Football Club. I've said it so many times. I genuinely do. That's not information based. That's just common sense, romanticism, logic, <laughs> everything all rolled into one. Stephen Gerrard taking over. Jude Bellingham, his, you know, being Stephen, uh, Stephen Gerrard being Jude Bellingham to Euro. I think it's a match made in heaven. I would have think twice. I'd, I'd personally look. Naby's in. We've discussed it to death, haven't we? Naby's contract situation is sensitive. He's got two years left. You either really invest in him in terms of you, tr- as Mo says, you just trust in him that you chased him for so long. You invested so much time, energy, medical doctors that you go with him. If not, if you've got doubt, then this is the summer that you get rid of him. Otherwise. With one year left, his value drops even further, and this is the this is the delicate situation we're in. But let's see what happens. I wanted to keep this comment up from Arj. It says Trent was showing leadership qualities, not Gomez. I like Gomez, but one criticism he lacks leadership qualities for me. VVD and Matip are the best partnership, hands down. I agree, not hands down. I agree, VVD and Matip are the best. But I thought Gomez, when Virgil Van Dijk yeah. got injured, lads. Uh, one thing I noticed, and I was actually thrilled to see, Gomez really stepped up um, in, in terms of leadership. Did you notice that, Russell? Was I seeing things just because I'm a Liverpool fan? No, I think that was one of the things that was pointed out when as soon as Van Dijk got injured, if, uh, who would do that and would he step up and being so young and kind of not an experience, but not an, in a, he was inexperienced in being a leader. Mm. Now there's different ways of, of leading the game. You can do it vocally. We've seen it, you know, that's what Jamie Carroll used to do, screaming and shouting everyone. Gerard was quite went about his business. That's what Gomez had to do, but not only did he have to do that, he had to nurture other people. And that's really yeah. difficult when the pressure's on you. You have to nurture other people, guide people into a high-line, high-pressure environment, make sure that they're okay, do your own job and cover someone else at so such on. a young age. You know, that's an incredible for, for him and, and something that he'll take on there. And again, when we're talking about Canate at 22, it's, it's good for him to be at such a young age because he's going to learn, he's going to learn from Joe Gomez, first and foremost. Yeah. My version of Van Dijk, he's going to learn from someone who's just a few years older than him about how we do things at Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. no, you're, you're spot on. He's been years now, Joe Gomez. Yeah. And I think that that's something that's underrated as well is that he has grown up at the club as much as a lot of other players have. So he's going to know how it feels and, like you say, Ross, what it takes to be a Liverpool player. So he's going to be trying to impart that as well. I've always been big on Joe Gomez. I mean, he mm-hmm. comes from good Charlton stock, which is kind of my area where I grew up. So I've known about him for quite some time. And I have seen leadership in him before. I do remember a couple of times where he was the senior defender in the FA Cup team with some of the younger guys. And he might have taken some criticism because of a certain instance that happened in the game, but I was watching him as I tend to watch him most games. And he was talking to everybody. He was making sure they knew where they needed to be. He was making sure they were switched on. Those are the kind of things you need as a defender. And I think if you're asking someone to be the marshal of the defensive line and to a certain extent the midfield as well because the the where you set the line really depends or, or really governs where the midfield starts from. Yeah. 
And so you're asking someone to be in control of all of those things. And I think you can try to overreact to sometimes individual mistakes in that context because he's managing the whole game. It's like a wicketkeeper. Occasionally they're going to let one through, but they are basically making sure every single fielder is where they need it to be. And that's kind of what you need as a leader in the defence. And yeah, I think Gomez has got it. Stephen Stephen says, absolute great atmosphere tonight. It really is. Uh, um, lovely guests. Chats popping. Um, not enough likes for my liking. No, I don't know why they don't press it like Mo. Like, what, what, what is the problem? Like, I think we've got to bribe one... him, Grizz. I think we've got to bribe him somehow. Well, we're getting into the transfers now, and that's the biggest bribe you can get. Transfer chat is the biggest bribe you can possibly get. And 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 Stephen says uh, uh, that the atmosphere is great in here. I want to sort of not dampen it, but I want to sort of no, 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 not dampen it. But, all right, I just want to test it. That's the one, Mo. And Avi, I think I think I want your overview because I did tell you to do some homework, but I doubt it if you've done it. But let's see how you. Uh, how you waffle your way past it. I can, I can Google something on next to my iPhone. No, 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 no. There's no good situation. So, so first say the player's name because we love your pronunciations. Um, the, the Spanish midfielder. Oh, um, no, we're not talking about Pedri here. We're talking about the one that we're linked with. Yeah. Shaul Niguez. You probably made that up. But <laughs> fuck it, it sounds good. Um, so talk us through the, 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 the mad 24 hours that's been on Liverpool Twitter lines, um, on the Twitter timeline. So I'm um, literally Grizz. I'm uh, sorry. So I've got to interrupt because I'm waiting for Gillen Balagay to get back to me. So I've got my phone on standby just in case he calls me and says, "Avi, it's all done. It's done. He's going to be a, a Liverpool player." Okay, but apart from the Liverpool connection, look, the mind into the psyche of a Liverpool fan when something like this happens, right? So we're we're getting the same reliable foreign journalists are saying Liverpool are very much interested in Saul Niguez. They've spoken to his reps. Jonathan Barnett, which you can explain, is his agent. Uh, and he's very much in favour of pushing his player towards Liverpool. Um, then suddenly, out of nowhere within hours, the same reliable foreign journalists are saying it's just a matter of time before he's a Barcelona player in swap with Griezmann and you think to yourself what nah that's, that's that can't happen but then you know it, it's, it dawns upon you that it's reality because the same reliable journalists are saying it and then within 12 hours that deal is off as well what's uh what's your take on that it's like a merry-go-round in a fanfare um literally so what we've established is look Sal Niguez is available um I think everyone knows that now that, look, if a deal can be done with Atletico Madrid, they'll do it. I also think that Liverpool had a had certain targets early on in the summer, um, whether that was Basuma or a Florian Neuhaus. Um, but I think now what's happened is agents have probably called the club, um, Michael Edwards maybe, and said, look, these players are available. So we've shifted targets. Um, if, if there's a choice of saying getting Basuma for like a 35 million, for example, or a Niguez for 42 million pounds, you'd go with Niguez because, you know, he's got that little bit more sort of 
What I say is more, is, is there much of a difference? I think Basuma more rounded, more, more rounded, you could say, but I, yeah. I do rate Basuma highly. But I yeah. think if we, if there's a chance to get Negres in, especially with Thiago, Fabinho, Henderson as well, I think that'd be a great quartet. I'm not that saying that they would play to get all together on the pitch um, against anyone, but you can rotate quality with quality. Um, but it, it does seem, it, it was strange because Barca, you seem, are. Uh, 220 million euros in debt so they've got to make that kind of deficit from wages and no one wants to buy their players like no one's going to touch Usmane Dembele at the moment because he's injured um, Coutinho has literally been flirted around like literally a girl is around, yeah. in a brothel yeah in a brothel like, you know no one <laughs> no one's pulling punches with him and then there's like you before I got you onto this podcast basically yeah yeah you know I've always <laughs> been a flirter you know um, but no like and there's there's no one else that plays that Barcelona, I said, I think they sold Junior Firpo to Leeds, yeah, who had just come in sort of eighteen months ago, um, with this big reputation that he was going, he's an up and coming left back. So there's a there's huge problems at Barca, and I know they've got one Laporta in to sort this mess out, but I think he's finding it a tough, tough t- challenge. We've seen Messi's taking a pay cut, you know, a pay cut they say, um, and he's only earning what four hundred thousand is it a week or five hundred thousand a week? I I. Just didn't believe those Negres Rubens myself, Chris. Can it happen to Liverpool? It can happen to Liverpool. Will it happen? It's it, that's another different ball game. We do know Jonathan Barnett um, is the agent of Ibrahima Konate. We also know he manages another player on our books. I don't know who the other players, and he also is the agent of Jeremy Doku, who we've obviously been linked with the, over the last sort of three four years. So it's it's one of those. I would love the player, of course, I would love the player, but it's one of those that the next few days could be crucial to see where he actually ends up. The only names that have been banded about are us and Barcelona. So let's see. Mo, your thoughts on Saul, the player, uh, a good foot for Liverpool, a good fit for Liverpool. And should we be capitalizing on this breakdown of a move to, to Barcelona or should we just stay clear of the drama? I think we're going to be, Patiently waiting to see exactly how it unfolds. The first question I'll answer for sure. Yes, I like Saul as a player. You're a I think fan. He's someone who could be rehabilitated in our team because he has been out of favour at Atletico. But I think part of that is circumstantial. I think it's a situation where he was being asked to do different jobs for the team at different times. And it caught, kind of caught him in a, in a bit of a loop. And so he ended up losing form, losing confidence. Then Marcus Lorente came in and suddenly yeah. there wasn't a place for him anymore in the team. But uh, Avi's right. If he was under any illusions about how Atletico felt about him before, he's not. <coughs> and as for the, the um, roller coaster of a timeline between this Sal to Liverpool, Sal to Barcelona deal, what this sounds like to me is... Atletico would quite like Sal to go to Barcelona because Atletico, particularly Diego Simeone, would quite like Griezmann back. And also, they remember what happened last year when they got Suarez from them, and that went quite well. So they quite like the opportunity to pull Barca's pants down now and spank them while they are vulnerable after all of the years where Barcelona had the whip hand. So I can see it completely from Atletico's point of view. Sal, he's like... Okay, Atletico don't want me anymore. Barcelona is still Barcelona. Let's see. Then he sees the numbers and he's like, "What? Really? Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, this is Barcelona. 
what's going on? And that's when the deal goes cold again. So, yes, if I'm Liverpool, I am sitting there very much like the friend consoling your mate when it's been on a bad day. It's like, yeah, man, I wouldn't worry about her. Nah. Yeah. It's that it's that meme, don't we? We see that meme on the it's um someone help me out, that character when Dr. Evil. Dr. <laughs> Evil. That is that is the perfect one, isn't it? Like Liverpool yeah. are there now, like, look, we offered you, we may not have offered you the most and whatever, blah blah blah, but if you want us, we're here for you and Klopp's waiting for you. Ross, you're a fan of Saul Niguez. I hope I've said it right. If I haven't, I've said it how I'm going to carry on saying it. Uh, but yeah, overall, are you a, a fan of his? And is he... So, so yeah. look, we've, we've been linked with a few midfielders. Uh, so, namely, Basuma, Neerhouse, um, uh Who else, guys? That that fellow... Uh, Renato Sanchez. Renato Sanchez. Tillemans. Hussein Don't forget John McGinn. Um, again. Is this is this the one out of the ones we've mentioned, Ross, that that tickles your fancy type of thing? Or would you choose one of the others that we're linked with? Because I think it's nailed on that we'll get one of the ones that we've just mentioned. Yeah, I think um, if, if money wasn't an object, Tillemans would be the one for me. I also quite like the use for Suma, but, yeah. but, but also um, I think that's because I've seen a lot more of them. Sal Niguez, yeah, 100%. Would absolutely love him at Liverpool. I think you have to remember that Liverpool sell clicks and they also sell drive prices up and contract and interest up in, in players as well. So until one of the big dogs, i.e. Mel Reddy or Paul Joyce, tweet something, I just, I've just just become immune to, to kind of transfers. But it, it is interesting to see what, what kind of goes on. Liverpool do their homework. I think there'll be three, four, five players that were Absolutely. interesting to test the waters. What's the way he's like? Is that player available? That's that that sort of thing. But for me, the priority has been a midfielder that we need to get in the summer. And I think we have to go big for a midfielder. And that's at Liverpool's detriment because they didn't give Genie a new contract for whatever reason that is. We kind of have to move on. But the quality of the player and his availability of 51 games, I think he played last season, that's hard to replace. And we can all dream of Thiago for being a Jordan Henderson. But them, as we saw the, well last season and before, have their own injury issues. What's what's below that? Well, it's a 36-year-old James Milner. Love him to bits. Don't need to rely on him for, for a Premier League push. Curtis Jones, just turned 20. Amazing lad. You know, do a shift here and there. I liked it when he played, you know, he was playing three games a week because there was no one else. We got people back and he kind of went away. We need depth in that midfield and we need people that can be available and play different roles within that midfield. Tillemans, Basuma and Sal Niguez, you know, play a lot of those roles. I like Niguez, he's got a bit of needle about him as well. A bit, yeah. a bit of aggression, but a bit of, bit of, bit of controlled anger in there, I think yeah. they call it. He's a bit of a snide. You know, no, he is, yeah. Yeah, you know, he's, yeah, Andy Robertson, people, we've got a bit like that. And I, I, I quite like that in a player, you know, you hate it, but it's the... the, the Ross, we probably, need, we probably need more of them, Ross, in our Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we've obviously been too nice, too nice before, so, you know, we hate it when it's, when it's a player against you, but you love it when it's on your side, and, you know, it gets, you know we're going to have fans back. It's going to rile up the opposition crowd or get our crowd going. You know, a, a, an assist, a goal, a shot, you know, a, a tackle, you know, a, a slidey on someone or yeah, you know, James Milner put, put a name on his arse. That gets the crowd going again. It can work in Absolutely. Your and it can switch, you know, the, the motivation and the, the pressure you put on team. So I'd like him. I'm not bothered about the fee because it's not my money. I'm not really bothered. Yeah. Um, but I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm also aware that we have to shift numbers, wages and transfer fees before any of this happens. So... I'm confident Liverpool know what they're doing, that they need to get stuff done if you want to compete again next season. Not just for the Premier League, but I want a Champions League push. Mm -hmm. I want a good run in the FA Cup as much as a lot of people aren't asked about it. 
I think we we need to be built towards a squad like a Man City so we can compete on all fronts. Do you know what, Ross? You said something there, and I, I want to pull you up on it and, and just to, to, to double-check that you did say that. So you think you think our main signing, or I don't want to call it marquee, but sort of, you know what I mean, the big signing has got to be in central midfield um, yeah. as opposed to attack, I'd say. Some people yeah. would say attack. <clears throat> What's your thinking behind that? Why would you say that? As a, because a lot of people would probably would say attack. Some would say yeah. central midfield. I don't think attack. I don't think attack's far behind it, but just purely and simply because you're trying to replace 51 games. I mean, you know, we've had a discussion about Navi Keita. We've had a discuss discussion about Oxley Chamberlain was mentioned before as well. You're not getting 51 games out of those two two lads to try and replace yeah. Gio and Aldo. It's just too big a risk. I don't trust mm. them, and it's not their fault. Chamberlain's come back. He looks beefed up. That gets me excited, but. Can he play three games? We're going to get into a situation where we're desperate, and then we're playing Nat Phillips in midfield because we've got this season we've got loads of defenders, but no midfielders. You know it, that that worries me, and I suppose it's the same for the forwards. I think Firmino's form will come back because he's going to have lads behind him doing the work that he was before. We're talking about defenders, midfielders playing with each other. Those front three are going to have lads behind them in their rightful positions. Thiago threading balls to them, which would make them produce. Mane, I think, was a dip because he was exhausted and going three times a week. And again, I bring you back to squad depth. Mane selling Firmino at 60-70% last season, three times a week, and you have Shakiri and Origi, and others on the bench weren't coming on because those three were the better option. That's yeah. not really fair on them. It's not a fair reflection on them and their football ability. So I still think we, I think we need a forward as well, but for me, the priority would be a midfielder. I'd keep Harvey Elliott around as well. I'd be selfish in that sense as well. But if we're going to sell Origi, Shakiri, we need replacements for those as well. So I'm not saying we don't need a forward. I'm saying get a midfielder in who's going to, be there for us. Just a quick, just a quick, um, for, uh, uh, yes, no, again, with context, of course, because you don't listen to me, no one listening to me. Um, Harvey Elliott, um, are you, are you keeping around or you've said you're keeping him around? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I keep him around just for that again, bringing on, I'll look at someone on the bench. I think, I think he's, I think he's, well, he's well, above David Carigi for me. In, in, in what he's doing at midfield. I know it's it's difficult as a fan of keeping, but I also think it could be harmful to his progression and what he's doing. A lot mm. of people are saying give him a Premier League loan, which I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with completely. Um, you know, we tore up at Blackburn last season. He was one of the young players in the season. I think he came second. Uh, he was just behind Wendy and assists or goals and assists last season. So, you know, he's a phenomenal lad. I think he's got that uh, Curtis Jones-like borderline arrogance, but confidence in himself that he can produce and again I, I like that in him as well so it's about his personal development but I think I don't want to put too much pressure on him I know he's only you know, 17, 18 years of, of age which is which is a lot but again equally for me you can learn from the likes of our front three who you know next season or the season after they're all reaching what 29, 30 years of age will be moved on mm. I'd like to I'd, I'd keep him around Avi send him out on loan um, short and sweet. Send him out on loan. Another year, get another 35, 40 games under his belt. It will do wonders for the kid. Talented, yes. Long-term future Liverpool, 100%, yes. I think we're also sleeping on, uh, and I'm sorry just to deviate quickly, Curtis Jones, I think big season from him as well coming. That's it. Mo? I think, I think Curtis Jones is the reason why I keep him around. I think okay. if you look at the progression between this time last year and where Curtis Jones is now, so much of that is down to not only being in and around the squad, talking about learning from all these talented guys. He's there with them day in, day out. And when there was uh, opportunities to get onto the pitch, he got onto the pitch and he took them and he grew from them. Absolutely. I see 
Elliot being in a very similar place in his development. And I think a season in and around Liverpool squad, I think he'll probably end up getting more minutes than than we think as well. I think he's another confident lad who'll back himself to be able to go in there and make a difference. In terms of what Ross was saying about where the priority lies, personally, I think we're going to be looking to get a body in both. I think yeah. in terms of who the priority is in terms of maybe size of transfer fee uh, and uh, status of player, that depends on the market and who's available and when they're available. I think we're going to be very much going to be trying to do that right up to the very limit. Unless there are um, acceptable deals done for players going out earlier, then that might make us move quicker. Other than that, I expect it to go deep. And, I expect Jones and Elliot in particular to be putting pressure on the manager to say, look, you don't need to go and buy anybody. I know that Fabinho and um, Thiago are still on their holidays. I'm going to play in Norwich. You just watch. I'm going to play in Norwich. And yeah. that's exactly what they're going to be thinking every single day in training. And if they're not thinking it, then James Milner is going to be telling them that. So, I'm one of those people where I'm calm about Liverpool taking longer than ideally we would all like. But I do think that there are moves that they are still trying to make. No, absolutely. Look, we're going to address that issue in terms of patience. But just quickly on the Harvey Elliott, um, I've got a very controversial... Yeah, I know, Avi, you're going to snicker away. But it is what it is. I can't... Look, the beauty of us, right... As, as as fans that have got uh, been blessed and, and with a platform, is you sp- try to speak your mind. There's no point being fake about it and just going along with the flow. I love Harvey Elliott. I think he's a fantastic talent. I think he's got a great future. But... I don't- it will only be three of us with egg on our face. So it will be with him with that. It's not a problem. Head. Listen, it's not a problem. I'm here to take it. It's not a problem. I genuinely don't think he's got a future in a Klopp team. I don't know where Klopp would see him. In a, look, I think this season will will show a lot, prove a lot. If he stays around, if he's if he's kept around then I think, yes, uh, Jurgen Klopp does see a role for him. He reminds me a lot of Shakiri lads. And Shakiri didn't fit into a Klopp formation. He's, he's very intelligent on the ball. He's, his, um, his control, his touch, his awareness for a kid is amazing. I, I just don't know where Klopp sees him long-term Chris, in, in his Klopp, formation. Chris, Klopp's got a contract to... 2024, right? Say he goes out on another loan and the next two years he's sort of like being rotated and stuff. The next manager comes in, say for argument's sake, it is Steven Gerrard. Steven Gerrard won't play exactly the same way that Klopp plays. Agreed. Yes, there'll be a little bit of, you know, but this is But this is why I said under a Klopp team. See, he, he may have a Liverpool career, hopefully, if he sticks around that long enough and whatever for the next manager. It's just a hunch I've got, you know, I hope I'm badly wrong and he... Two big differences between him and Shaq. Mm. One, energy. I mean, let's face it, that one's kind of obvious. But it leads into the second one, and that's age. As in, yeah. this kid is still a sponge. This I get kid that. He's got plenty of time to learn. and He's got to grow as well. Yeah, I think that in terms of what we may not see where he fits into a club team, 
but I suspect the club does. And it might I get be that. something we haven't seen yet. It, and it wouldn't be the first time that he's seen something in a player that no one else has thought about. And by golly, it seems to have worked. So <laughs> I'm going to kind of chill out on that one. I can no, see I get that. Look, people are saying... It, you can see a world in which his career goes very similar to Harry Wilson's. People are saying I'm drunk on Mango Lussie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I get it. He's I put something it. in that Lussie, mate. Yeah, yeah. I, I get it. Look, people are saying, and clip the comments right now, you know, he's never leaving, you know, whatever. I'm, I get that. And, I'm, and that, I'm, that, that super chat just coming. I was about to say the same thing. Could he not do what Kagawa did for him at Dortmund? Just in that little sort of mm. 10 role and just sort of floating between left and right, but in a 10. I think he's got the vision to do that. You see some of the through balls he played at Blackburn last season, some exquisite <laughs> balls. Like, I think he can do that role. I don't know why you're dismissing and him in a Klopp, Klopp system. You can't really say we don't play with the 10 anymore because Bobby does that. Drop back, yeah. But that's my point, Mo. I was going to say that. Thank you for the super chat, Salman Zaki. Um, Harvey Elliott reminds him of Kagawa. Look, fair shout. And I get everything you guys are saying. I'm not totally writing the kid off as a player. I think he's a fantastic player. I just, I'm just trying to vision, envisage him in a, in a, in a club system right now. So, for example, at the moment, we seem to favor the 4-3-3, right? Where do you guys... I mean, you guys are the ones that are saying he's there. Where do, like, Mo, you've mentioned Bobby. I don't think he's got the strength to play in the Bobby role, for example, right now. I get he's a kid. I don't think he's got the pace to play mm. on the wing in a club system. Well, see, I think that he can. I think he can play. I don't think you're right. He's not as pacey as a Salah and Amane, but he can use his trickery in other ways. There are things that he can do to make up for that. I don't think that he'll be playing the Bobby role. I think he'll be playing in Bobby areas. Mm -hmm. So you won't be asking him to hold the ball up or accept a, a long goal kick. But what you will be expecting him to do is when the ball's out wide, he'll be drifting from his other side into that space to create a third man to maybe get a passing lane going and then directly into the box. And I think that's what it is. It's his in his instincts in and around the box. When he gets a sniff of a chance, I think that's where you start to see him come alive. All this said, right, all this said, I am going to say one thing in your favour, Chris. We were all saying this about Rian Brewster. And Rian Brewster... We like, admit, like, let's go round. Ross, was you saying the same about as, Brewster? As, 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 told him to go there. I think that's all BS. I, I really thought that was a bad move for him. I think he will come back, Rian Brewster. I know we're just going off part of it, but yeah, I was the first one. Just uh, Grizz knows how much I used to bombard Grizz on WhatsApp with Swansea yeah. goals to clip him on Twitter video downloader and then send him to um, Grizz. Oh, look at this goal from Swansea. Look at this goal. He scored like 11 and 12 and Grizz goes, trust me, Avi, he's not going to make it at Liverpool. And we went back. I think we stopped talking to each other for a good like <laughs> yeah. 48 hours or something, didn't we, Grizz? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I mean, I mean, look, I don't, I don't want to be proved right with Elliot. If you know what I mean? Like, I really yeah. don't want to be proved right. I just got this feeling and, and, I think for this season, it will depend on the quality of forward we get, lads. I genuinely do. I think if we get a, a forward 
of the quality of a Jota, let's say, who was a brilliant uh, signing, um, I think we may let him go on a loan to a Premier League club, which again won't be the end of the world for him because of his age. He's he's really young, and he will, you know, you can see him flourish. Uh, has have Norwich replaced Benduia? Maybe something like that. Mm. Do you know a move like that would be would be really tasty for him? Or you can see him develop under a coach like Graham Potter at Brighton. Good shout. You know, what something like that. Say, if we're going to loan him though, uh, can we? have an option to bring him back at short in January. if we need to in January when Salah and Mane are in Africa and someone yeah. gets injured. Because if that happens and he's playing and banging goals in for someone else and we haven't got him and we're looking at Ben Davis to play up front, I'm going to lose my shit. Yeah. I blame you, Chris. Yeah, 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 of course. No, I know he's, uh, you know, I know everyone's going to fucking blame me, but it is what it is. But look, talking about lo- losing, losing their shit, <laughs> from uh, as Mo said, Scott, um, we've got what six weeks left the transfer window. Um, I think, yeah, six, five, six weeks. Um, people forget that we're such a strategic club now in terms of how we go about looking at players, signing players behind the scenes. With we're not letting any information leak from the club, which is. Mm, which is beautiful, but a lot, of don't, a lot of fans don't see that because of the new age of social media. This in self-entitlement to know who's our links, to know who we want. Um, why is that? Where's that come from, Ross? Because surely the only entitlement we should have or entitled to be is to have a great team come the end of the window and a great coach. And I truly believe we have that already in place. We just need another two signings, a midfielder and an attacker, which we all agree we will 95% get. We will get two bodies in. Why is why is the, this, this new age of social media so thirsty for links as opposed to actual signings that we get at the end of the day? I, I honestly, I hope it's a generational thing. Now, mm. I think we, we are all of age where we kind of grew up and we took that page of the echo, transfer, done. And you're quite happy with that when we used to play football manager back in the day or championship manager. It was a lot simpler. But I honestly think it's the hyper commercialization of football and the sensationalism of things like Sky Sports News, where there's a 24 hour news cycle. And, like, and they're, they're, they're part of the problem for me. You know, they, they get news from like hours after we do on Twitter and, and, and recycle it as news, but also have a betting app. You know, and people go, oh, Sky Sports are saying it must be true. Sky Sources, Sky Sources are is people on fucking Twitter. Yeah, because because it is. I'm not not reliable ones. That that does me head in. Um, but I also don't know when it became a race. That that's the thing that, that bothers me. Like my United, Jaden Sancho, and everyone's going. Everyone pre- presenting opinions as fact. That's it. Now we're not going to win the league. My United got Jaden Sancho. I'm like what the window? Why? As the window shut. Like what's what's the lottery numbers next week? You know, you, you can see the future. It, it's chill. And if anything, like Liverpool's recruitment team and PR team, because you'll see certain things and you'll see. I feel sorry for Liverpool's me. Um, local media like Sir James Pearce and, and Mel Reddy and Paul Joyce because they're trying to get news from the club and the club are even saying no to them. So now yeah. they're getting outdone by journalists in other countries like where you said before is where we, we hear things from. And like they're getting the shit. Like they're still trying to do the job they're doing. They're relaying news what they're being told by the club. It's not their fault. And then mm. you see like I saw a tweet today from the club talking about tickets and what they were doing with the tickets. And you go through the replies it's like announce sign and do this, move. And it's like 
I've got nothing better to do with your day. As a as a fan, I I love it. It's just sit, chill out. You'll you'll do something. I can't tell you how many shows I did last last year on Team Averna, waiting for it to happen, and out of the blue, Jota sounds done. So from mm. a fan's perspective, love it. From work, it's a fucking nightmare because you're like you're constantly on edge on Twitter to, to keep yeah. no, notifications on its sound. But I honestly think it's a generational thing, and a demand and FIFA plays its role. And like, I don't, I don't want to tar a whole fan base or people that all play FIFA are all the same because they're not. But exactly. I think that thing of because it's so easy to go, oh, I want that player, I'll do that. That's not how it works in real life. Like most said before, you can put feelers out for players and go, well, he's on our radar. Scouting team is top of the list, not available. Okay, what do we do now? Well, we're going to shop somewhere else. It's so difficult. It's not easy. Yeah. Look, Jono, I think I need to sort of explain myself. I, I'm not having a go at So he says, look, Grizz fans are allowed to discuss transfers about the club they love. It's not entitlement. Welcome to fandom in 2021. Okay, I get that. Get with the times. I know what you're trying to say. Uh, same with every other club. United signed Sancho and their fans wanting Varane. Look, Mo. Can I, can I talk to that bit in particular? I'll, I'll, I only want you to respond to it because I don't want to respond to it. I want you to respond to that. I don't don't care about what other fans do. I don't care about United fans. Like, I'm not being, I'm not in this to be compared to other fans. They can do what they like as far as I'm concerned. So that's how I feel about that straight off the bat. But in general, I think people don't want to feel like they're being left behind. And yeah. when someone else signs someone new and all their fans are excited and thinking about it. Mo, I'm going to quickly stop you there. That's not, that's not what I was trying to get at. And that's why John, I think Jono didn't understand. He thought I'm having a go at people. We shouldn't be talking about transfers. Fuck's sake. That's some cheat coming from me. What I, what, 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 what I was saying, what I, what I was trying to say, maybe I didn't articulate it properly was this need to just know names. Yeah. Like random names, you know, so you get the frustration at the moment on Twitter. Like, why aren't we linked with anyone? Yeah. Like, I don't get that. That is is what I meant though. That's what I mean. Sorry. Go on. But people don't want to be left behind. So even someone saying something that's easily provable as false will make those certain people feel better because they think we're in the game for something because we're not being left behind. So the problem is, is when people try to cater for those people too much because they're the ones that they maybe see the most on social media. They're the ones that maybe make the most noise. But like Ross says, they're only representative of a small section of the greater fan base. Yeah. And everyone's going to go about this differently. Can you imagine how boring it would be if we all thought the same thing about all of this? I mean, for starters, none of us would have a job. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You have to have another job, which is not as good. So there is that. I think the question comes when people are trying to do their job, and they are met with this just wave, like you said, Ross, just almost like automatic replies of just announce whatever, blah, blah, blah. That's not a discourse. That's not it. That's not anything. That's just noise. Yeah. And I think it can be sometimes easy for all of us to get caught up in that noise because, like I said, you see it a lot. But that's not really what's important. And when we get to the end of the summer, we will begin to realise that it's just... It's going to take a while. There's going to be a few more ups and downs before we get there. Yeah. Look, Avi, your 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 analysis on the whole situation in terms of how this plans out, like sort of the 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 the, 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 the phrase of this summer. To be fair to FSG, it's always the phrase is the buy uh, sell to buy phrase that always thrown out. 
Now, I don't know of any clubs, and help me out, guys, that don't actually have that in place. Like, every club sells and buys. Man City. I was going to say, apart from from Man City and possibly Chelsea, that are anomalies, right? Every other club, business, it's part and parcel of the game, right, Avi? course it is and it's clever business as well like we can all berate fsg and whatnot and you got to remember fsg are part of a process and that includes the structural committee that are in place you know barry hunt and day follows michael edwards jürgen Klopp, and so on and so forth ultimately right we have to balance the books we've got a lot of and I don't want to say dead wood because it's a very disrespectful one. I've used it before on Twitter, so I apologize to the players that we're trying yeah, to... Yeah, I told you off, I think. I told you yeah, off, Like yeah. the Harry Wilsons, the Grujic, who may not have a career here, but a career, you know, at the Premiership or the top level. We have to balance the books. And like, if we just blatantly just come out and say, oh, yes, we can confirm that we are talking to Sal Negrez, that will give Chelsea, like, an advantage to come in, right? And sort of pass, and they can pay more wages. So the way we do business is the correct way. We do it behind closed doors. Same with Thiago. We'll you know, initiate talks maybe with his agent first. Klopp will have a word with Thiago. Thiago will be sold on a dream and will be like, hey, I want to play for Jürgen Klopp. No matter how much Pep City want to come, you know, maybe they were interested last season or Arsenal, the United last season, say, oh, we would love a Thiago. We would love a Thiago. So it's, it's called smart business. So I think it's the right way of business to what we're doing. We don't need to start, you know, putting our dirty, um, dirty laundry, you know, out there and say, yeah, we're linked with this player, we're linked with that player. When a when something is concrete, we'll let it out to the media. We'll let it out to Paul Joyce, James Pearce and Melissa Reddy. But let's just be a bit patient. I've seen, I follow, um, I hope my wife's not watching, but I follow Linda Pazuti on Instagram. I mean, I'll who, do I you mean, now. Who, I'll who, do you I mean, now. Go on. I can't say because my, my mom's still when? watching Tell as well. My mom's still watching, Chris. So I don't, I don't, I don't want to say There's too nothing much, wrong but... with following li- the owner's yeah, wife. No, if you hadn't mentioned your wife. didn't know she was on it. Wait there. If you hadn't mentioned your wife, no one would have been suspicious. Do you know what I mean? But literally, Silly boy, like, Mo, literally, experience, like, right? Come on, Sammy, like, man. You're... I'm an amateur, right? So literally, <laughs> Mo, um, like they've been out on holiday and vacation. She's put a few pictures up of her and Henry. And there's like thousands of comments. It's not been abused to fair play to the people. It's like sign Mbappe, sign Mbappe. Please, Mbappe, Mbappe, Mbappe. There's some guy who actually went on Instagram. I don't know how many characters you get to type. He's actually typed of, oh, John, dear John, these why it would work if we got Mbappe, how much he can bring in from sales. If we do a, a KM7 clothing line or a KM7 um, sneaker line, these how much we can make. Please Business wake up. Plan. And there's literally thousands <laughs> of people who followed her and commented Mbappe, Mbappe, Mbappe. I'm like, oh, where do you get off, guys? Like, let's be a, let's be a bit patient. We're not even into August here. I would start worrying last week of August. And it's still Kanata. I would start to worry. Genuinely, as a Liverpool fan, I would be like, wait a minute. We do need bodies here. Um, but there's nothing to worry about. Let's be a bit patient. You know, we all get names in here and there. Let's just wait and see. Um, <laughs> I'm just imagining John Henry on, on the lot just saying, oh, wow, actually, I haven't Makes thought sense. of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, guys. I didn't, yeah. I didn't think of that. D three eight zero seven says you should buy Mbappe. Yeah, okay, and so I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it uh, you know light bulb moment. Oh, it makes total sense now. But look, guys, I, I um, think I think sorry, I think I think Mo yeah. touched on it there is is the fear, and I think you know as much as we're having to got people from wanting transfers, I think there's there's a real fear there that we don't get stuff done. Um, you know, I don't think January helped some people with that in the sense of you know everyone's getting getting defender in. You know, we haven't got anyone. Then we I felt like. 
he took the massive injury late in, the, in January before we actually pulled our finger out and did something. So I think that's that's a real recency bias in terms of how Liverpool do the business. They've got a lot, lot of good stock in, in doing stuff. Again, I don't think it's a race. I trust we'll be doing stuff behind the scenes. But also, people will remember January and going, yeah. we, you, were, think... you were pretty desperate. Then. And that, that, that's understandable. Yeah. Absolutely understandable. I absolutely agree. And I actually agree that that if they don't look we've 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 tried to be <laughs> we've tried to be calm and rational and logical about the whole thing right but i'm i'm going to end it on a not a, a threat to the owners like who the fuck are we right but do you know what i mean like i get ross's point and from from going on from ross's point the the events or the non events as they ended up in january have sort of caused a fear in a lot of fans thinking, will they rectify? Well, they rectified the centre-back issue straight away. So now it all makes sense. So yeah, we, yeah. Held, we held back because we knew we couldn't get Kanate in January. Boom. As soon as we was possible to get Kanate, we got him in. Um, the Kabak was obviously deemed as a stopgap and de- most definitely a stopgap as, as, as events have transpired since. We also know Ginny's gone. And as Ross mentioned, the amount of games he plays, you do not just give up. Like, or expect suddenly Naby and Ox to, to play those minutes. So we do know, despite local journalists saying that it's not priority, we do know that behind the scenes, there's absolute tons of amount of work going on trying to find the right player, as opposed to the name, the right player, right? And attack we've discussed it to death on all our platforms right that despite having the best front three um in recent times in recent liverpool probably liverpool history as a three right it's coming to the end of their tenure in terms of being the dominating exhilarating force they were we do need a natural succession plan jota was one i believe i think we 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 expect we're expecting as a fan base, and I think it's fair, even though I've had a go at the bedwetters, I'm not having a, like the bedwetters, I'm still having a go at, like shut your mouths, right? But but the, the the rational, calm, logical fans, we're still expecting a quality forward to sort of be able to be the rotational option in that front three. And if we get that, it's absolutely perfect, right? That's what we want, right? Because we've discussed the centre backs are back, clock looks fresh. I've got my microphone, right? So everything seems to be fine, right? Like, so that I mean, there's nothing to worry about. And so, so I mean, I'll take over while I pick up my microphone. I think that that unintentional mic drop was almost the best way to end <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kobe Bryant and Obama, wasn't it? One of those moments. <laughs> Buy Mbappe, mic drop. <laughs> um, oh, God. We can't hear you're on mute. You're on mute. Absolutely. We were rolling so smoothly for one hour and you've made a hash of things yet again. Yet again. You're still on mute. Well, this is fun. Yeah. There we go. What I was saying is look, the microphones rolled into oblivion. And what I was gonna say is it's been a fantastic show. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think the gist of it is, guys. We're confident. I think we're all very comfortable and confident that we will do what's needed in the window, right? Ross, is that is that how you feel about things right now? 
Yeah, currently, yeah. Like I said before, you know, we've got a good track record the past couple of years of, of doing business, doing it quietly. Uh, you know, I think it would be negligent at best if Liverpool weren't doing stuff. And, you know, going into a season, it's always always daunting. We talked about new toys before, but I think there's a necessity for new toys this season. Absolutely. It's not, it's, it's not, it's not for the sake of just going, oh, like, just, just buy someone. I've seen loads of people saying that we won the we won the Champions League and all we did was buy Adrian after that. I think people still hang on to, to kind of past times, but I, I, oddly, I think Liverpool failing to get Van Dijk the first time was one of the best things to happen to them because they shut their mouths when it came to transfers and people respect them. Not not just not just us, but other clubs respect them and know that they'll do it. So Liverpool go big for someone, and there might be things you know that might have already been sorted. But say we're buying. Basuma for forty million pounds. Bright might just say, just leave it. Let us get replacements in first. I think Aston Villa might have done that slightly with a Jack Grealish deal. Then you see they're spending money. Now was going. Jack Grealish is on his way, but I think there's a level of respect. And then we said before, it's not just it's not football. And you go out and buy a player, it's, it's deal done. These things take time, and they take respect as well from from other clubs. And I'm and I'm fine with that. Yeah, my final statement on on um, how things will end up. You're quite calm, I know you are, but go on, give us your thoughts anyway. I, I am calm. I think the catalyst will be when we sell people. Because yeah. we the one thing we haven't mentioned as yet, we do have more non-homegrown players than we can officially register. We've got eight. We need 17. We've already got 18. So we need to get rid of one anyway. So I think we'll probably be getting rid of at least two. Once those start to happen and we get to an idea of what we maybe can and can't do this window where we can and can't make that extra risk, that extra five million here or there, I think that's when we'll start to see the dominance fall. Absolutely. Abby? Yeah, it was going um, so smoothly um, until you dropped your mic. But well, sources yeah. say... Sources we say needed a bit of college. Sources say Nat Phillips headed my microphone. <laughs> 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 but no, it's been a terrific show. But no, I think, yeah, look, I'm just echoing Mo and Ross as well. We've just got to be patient. And like you said, there's a few things that we've got to sort out logistically-wise, get rid of the, the you know, got to sort out the home quota, homegrown quota and... We've got to shift a few players on. So, yeah, I think we've just got to stay patient. Hopefully next, you know, over the course of the next sort of 10 days, two weeks, we see some action. Um, are you wrapping up now, Grizz? Because you didn't give me a cue, so I'm just waiting. Yeah, I was going to give a cue, but, you know, unfortunately, you know, events put me off. But I hopefully they didn't put me off too much. You know what? It took me about, I was telling Ross before, it took me about 20 minutes to fix the mic and then suddenly gave up gave up with seconds seconds to go, literally. It was probably one of my favourite perfect shows. Like, I didn't fuck up anything. And then I fucked up. But it's carnage, as Mo says. That's what it's all about. Listen, Ross, um, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. We've got to do this again. Thank you very much. Let everyone know where they can find more of your great, great content. Of course, most everyone knows where they can find you, but still let you plug your stuff, man. Yeah, um, all the social media stuff's done by me. So at the Redman TV, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and of course the RedmanTV.com for all our content and on YouTube as well. Great stuff. And Mo, um, I'm all over the place, mate. I'm not even kidding. Like, um, obviously, Man in demand, you know, stuff. Um, I've been doing things with Liverpool.com. I actually released a new article as we were speaking. Like, there's a new article. If you go onto my Twitter page, which is just there. You can see an article I wrote all about Bill Shankly, Kenny Dalglish and Jurgen Klopp and what that means and looking back through history. So there's stuff out there as well. And anyone who's around in Liverpool, I'm DJing in Motel tomorrow night. 
Oh, That's amazing. the main thing. That was the best part of everything. <laughs> <laughs> Abby, what's happening, mate? Um, yeah, it's a, you're back to start with your day now. Is everyone else about to go to sleep? Yeah, gonna, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to continue doing your sort of PR brand marketing out here in the US. So, yeah, guys, if any of you guys are looking for a PR man, um, whatever <laughs> you're going to call me, a roadie, um, I'm an admin <laughs> man, I'm here. That's what I do with Grizz uh, all day, just looking after his admin and keeping him away from the trolls, as we call them. But just a quick one, LFCDT, we're still on our journey for Sienna to come to America for her treatment. I'm hoping to get her over to America next year and any donations um, are great. So please like and subscribe and let's get Sienna um, here to America for her treatment. Excellent. Um, Gav just messaged me, you've got the wrong mic chosen. He doesn't know what's happened in the last five minutes. I'll fill him in. Uh, this was an intentional gaff. Like, please allow me. But listen, it's been a great show, lads. We've got to do this again. Um, but thank you very much for tuning in as well. Please like and subscribe. Like on your way out. Always say that. It's very simple. Even if you didn't like it, just like it. Any, do you know what I mean? Um, and we will all catch you. What day is it today? Thursday? Um, have we got anything on tomorrow, Avi? No, I've got got a day off tomorrow yeah so a sunday, so sunday, sunday unless you want to unless you want to do a watch along on the gold um cup you, you usl playing usl play grenada, grenada on saturday if you want to do yeah, it i'm a football man but i'm not that much of a football man hey um, hey i'm telling you jamaica are coming next world cup they're going to be a problem okay we'll keep an eye on them and we keep an eye on if Harvey Elliott is st sticking around as well. But listen, <laughs> it's been an amazing show. Everyone, peace out. We catch you next week. Same time, same place. Sports Social Podcast Network.